If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Courage. Always remember, others may hate you. Those who hate you don't win unless you hate them. Plus vision. A true revolution of values will soon cause us to question the fairness and justice of many of our past and present policies. This is the American Muzo Show. Thanks for joining. So we, we had a pretty good weekend this weekend. My family went to Sand Hollow. It's a little reservoir uh, close to us, about 15 minutes away. Actually, 14. It's 14 minutes away, and there is a big difference between 14 and 15 minutes. That's one minute. And so Sand Hollow, well, I don't know if I was driving too fast. So I don't know. We'll just say 15 minutes. Uh, actually, no, 14. Uh, this this week has been, this has been one of the rougher weeks of my life. Um, don't want to get too much into it, but but just know that everybody struggles. So if you think that you're the only one struggling, not true. Um, a lot of people struggle. And, and I think that it's important to, to sometimes let people know that, um, when people ask you, how you doing? You know, it's a, I was, I was at church, um, this weekend and somebody said to me, how you doing? And I just looked at him. I said, I've, I've been better. And he's had an honest response. <laughs> and so I think it's, uh, I think it's good to just, um, it's okay to not be okay. And I think that's where it starts. Like, I really, I really think that that's part of, that's part of growth is just being honest with yourself. If you're not okay, well, what's the reason? And I think spending time with yourself will allow for a lot of introspection. It'll allow for you to look inwardly and see what are the things that could be off in your life. And that's what I'm doing. And, and it's helping, but I'm going to go over some of these quotes so I've been I've been trying to switch up. I told like the last program I explained instead of looking at like these, you know, bodybuilding and like workout routines on Instagram, I'm just switching all of it. I'm I'm not I'm trying not even to follow people, but just follow certain hashtags. Um I'm going to one of them here it says reset, readjust, restart, refocus as many times as you need to. I remember when I was really young, we had a little basketball hoop in our front yard. And before we'd go into dinner, I had this like thing, you know, it's probably just my OCD or 80. I don't know. I'm sure I have every possible uh, defect of the brain. But um, before I went in for dinner, I had to make this certain shot. And, and it was like this side, sideline three pointer that I had to make. And if I didn't make, I wouldn't go in. And so I just kept shooting, kept shooting, kept shooting. And there were sometimes I would stay out there for a very long time until I got it. And, and I'm convinced that's how, that's how life is. Like, I really believe God will allow us to just keep going until we get it right. Um, in my church, we have the sacrament prayer. And I don't know if you're out there listening um, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Every Sunday we partake of the sacrament, you know, just like Jesus had the sacrament um, with his 12 apostles. He introduced the sacrament. We do that uh, week after week. And so 
um, there's times when the when the priests and the priests are about 16 years old. There's times when the priests will just they'll say the prayer and and sometimes they get it wrong, meaning they they don't say the words exactly right. And so they have to look over at the bishop. The bishop then either gives a nod, yes or no. And if they say no, they got to redo it. I'm convinced that life is like that. Um, And that we can usually keep trying and trying and trying until we get it right. And so, you know, before I went in, when I was really, really young and I was playing this basketball game in my front yard, I just wouldn't stop until I made that shot. And, and the, in the priests, they're going to eventually get that prayer right. I mean, sometimes it takes like, I think I've been in a sacrament meeting where it took four times and it is, it is very painful. I mean, I just sit and pray for these kids so that they can get through this thing. Cause it has to be exact. That prayer has to be exact. And, and it, because it's renewing of the covenants that we make. And so I believe in life, we get as many chances as we need in order to make it right. And, and hopefully, hopefully we can get it right. And so I'll, I'll reread that reset, readjust, restart, refocus as many times as you need to just don't quit. And, and that's such a, to me, that is the answer. It's perseverance. It's, it's persistence. It's not stopping. Uh, here's another one that I, that I read. That's really good. Um, it says people bring up your past when they're intimidated by your present. Have you noticed that in life that people will literally, if you're like moving on and you're like really doing good. And then somebody who's kind of a negative Nancy, whether in your family or a friend or somebody, they'll bring up your past. It's almost like they can't handle the growth. And so they'll just kind of throw it in your face, like splat. Remember that? And, and that's, Try to stay away from those people because, because when people are continually bringing up your past, it's because they are intimidated by your present. I read that. I love that because haters are going to hate. That's, that's for sure. The next one that I read, it doesn't matter what's been written in your story so far. It's how you fill up the rest of your pages that counts. And it has a, it has a girl with all these pages kind of flying everywhere. It almost looks like the Red Sea is being parted uh, with pages. And then the girl is, is walking through the pages. And I think that's, that's part of it. It's just, uh, like I said, perseverance and persistence going through. Because I, I believe if we stay stagnant, it's kind of like a river. Like we're, we're in this, life is a pretty, the current of this river of life is really strong. And if we're not swimming against it constantly, like checking ourselves constantly, we're automatically going backwards. And so you need to surround yourself with people that are going to help you keep going and not try to bring you down. And you got to surround yourself with uh, loved ones that that want to see you succeed and and that are going to help you and understand you and And so anyway, I wanted to read this really quick. Um, 
it has Robin, why it, why it stuck out because it has Robin Williams on the front of it, but it says 15 habits of people with concealed depression. Um, it's no secret. I've, I've suffered with depression, uh, several times in my life. Uh, the last little bit, um, it, the last year has been really good, but this last few weeks has, has been pretty, pretty brutal. And so I wanted to share this article. Uh, it's, it's pretty good because you can, you can actually kind of see these habits in people with concealed depression. And so maybe this can, you can help them. Um, this is by a, a person named Gerald, Gerald <laughs> Sinclair. He says, depression is a very serious mental illness that, that often goes unnoticed for years. So here are some of the signs. They're often quite talented and very expressive. Um, a lot of people, especially a lot of famous people, they have suffered from mental illness. It, and this suffering gives them deeper emotions. If you think about it in some ways from a source of their greatness, while we always see it, the struggles are often reflected in their works. Um, these people are able to bring something beautiful out of darkness that consumes them. Um, that's one of the reasons why I will post on things like keep going, keep, you know, cause it's kind of like my inward self, like <laughs> almost saying, uh, you know, I am struggling here. And so if you're struggling, you know, cause it helps, it really does help me when I'm helping other people. Because they'll send me messages like, I really needed this. I really needed it. And that's why I'm convinced it's because we need each other um, to get through these things. Um, even just random strangers, you know, sometimes just waving or smiling or just looking at them. It, it really helps because a lot of people are going through these struggles and usually a lot deeper ones than you can even understand. Most people are carrying a weight. So going on, let's go to number two. So number two says they tend to search for a purpose. Uh, this is interesting. We all need purposes in life. We want to be sure that we are in some form doing meaningful things. People suffering from hidden depression are not exempt from this. They too want to know the reasons for their existence. They are much more susceptible to feeling things like inadequacy and anxiety, which leave them searching for something they can ne never seem to achieve in their own minds. I think that's true because it's like you'll you'll start a goal. At least I will. Like I'll I'll have this like you know what do you want to call it a purpose or some kind of a a goal. I'll start it and I'll realize that that's that's not the answer that's going to make you happy because happiness is a byproduct of like the little things you know. And anyway, that's really good. They tend to they tend to search for a purpose. Um, We'll be back in a minute and we'll go over the next um, 3 to 15. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Most people in today's economy are taking a roller coaster ride with their investments. With Vantage Point Software, you can remove that dynamic from your investment strategy once and for all. Vantage Point has spent the last three decades perfecting an artificial intelligence process that you can put to use today to take advantage of market fluctuations and make money no matter which way the market moves. Vantage Point Software analyzes massive quantities of data 
data all around the world in seconds, so you get the information you need to make the right decisions to optimize your profits. Vantage Point is making its exclusive market forecast process available to you for free when you text money to 411411. That's M-O-N-E-Y to 411411. We'll send you a link to your free market forecast so you take back control of your financial future. Text money to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Has your health care become a burden? Are you tired of worrying about being stuck for another year and concerned about what your options are? Liberty Health Share is the solution. Open enrollment is here, and this is your chance to free yourself from insurance. Take this opportunity and join Liberty Health Share. You will be in control, and you will have the freedom over your health care decisions. Liberty Health Share offers an open network, which means you choose your doctors and you choose your hospitals, not the government and not the insurance company. Companies. Liberty HealthShare offers freedom from insurance, meaning there are no tax penalties. It's easy to change. Just call Liberty HealthShare today at 855-585-4237. That's 855-585-4237. Or visit their website at libertyhealthshare.org. That's libertyhealthshare.org. Hello, this is Wayne Allen Root, relentless conservative warrior, middle-class warrior, and always Trump warrior. I have a message for my fellow patriots across America. President Trump is making America great again. He's the only president in my lifetime who is keeping his promises, and his biggest promise is to build that wall. President Trump can only do it with our help. If Congress won't fund Trump's wall, we will. President Trump is one man against the world, and what globalists and socialists around the world want is clear, open borders. It's time to take a stand. We either build a wall, or it's the end of the greatest nation of world history ever blessed by God. That's why I founded the Root for the Wall PAC. 63 million Trump voters together will raise the money President Trump needs for the wall. Anyone who donates $100 or more will get a beautiful commemorative wall brick. Display it proudly. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. That's toll free. 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. We will build this wall together. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. Root for the Wall PAC. Pay for it. Responsible for the content of this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Rootwall.com. Welcome back to the American Muto Show. I'm your host, Eric Mutos. Last segment, we talked a little bit about um, a little bit about depression, and I, I read this. I read this article. It's really good. Um, it's about 15 habits that people with let's see, 15 habits of people with concealed depression. That it had a picture of Robin Williams. I was talking to my wife about Robin Williams a couple weeks ago and how such an incredible incredible person was so depressed on the inside and and i've seen that like i've i've seen people you know some of them for whatever reason like people who who are into like arts people that are into music they have this this inward depression i've had it my whole life and ever since i can remember i've had forms of depression anxiety and and I can almost guarantee that there's some people out there listening that have the same thing. And so there's 15, there's 15 signs, I guess, 15 habits of people with concealed depression. We went over the first couple. I'll just kind of reread them. They are often quite talented and very expressive. Number two, they, send, they tend to search for a purpose. Number three, sometimes they make muted cries for help. Sometimes we all need help when we are not expecting something to feel 
uh, let's see, I'll, I'll start over. Sometimes we all need help. When we are not expecting someone to feel weak or to be down in the dumps, we don't see their cries for help. However, if you notice their cries and can help them in any way, you are creating a very, a very close and trusted filled bond with them. Um, that's pretty powerful. Number four, they interpret substances differently. Someone who is dealing with depression usually knows what it can take to help ease their pain in a sense. They know that caffeine <laughs> they know that caffeine and sugar sugar will raise their mood and that some medications can help them. I'm the reason why I'm laughing at caffeine is because um <laughs> that that's that's true when I get into these funks. It's like where's my caffeine at? <laughs> they actually have to put a lot of effort to feeling better. Unlike most people, it's not it's not as simple as taking a Tylenol when you have a headache. Number five, they often have very involved perception of life and death. Um, this is interesting because I think about this a lot and I don't know why. I don't think about suicide. I've never got to that point in my depression where I, you know, am thinking that I'm actually going to take my life. But I've gotten so low that I didn't want to get out of bed and I just cry. And I've, and, you know, at 37 years old, I still get that way. It's crazy. You know, it's a really weird thing. And, and if you've never had depression, it doesn't even make sense. I remember the first time I heard about depression was Kurt Cobain, which was, he was the lead singer for Nirvana. Nirvana was one of my favorite bands growing up. And then all, all of a sudden I heard that he took his own life and I was so taken back. Like I, I thought how, and I remember asking my mom, like, what does that mean? What is that? And then she tried to explain this depression to me. And I remember thinking there's, I, how could you ever get to that point? Now, looking back, I actually had s some symptoms of depression, but I didn't understand what that was. I didn't understand the anxiety, you know, in class, I would try to get out of class. Um, I was always constantly running and I catch myself doing that even now. Um, and I'm not sure if it's depression or ADD. I'm not sure. Um, people suffering from depression often face their own mortality in moments of despair and seek answers to life's deepest question. They tend to shift from one terrible mindset to another. Sure, not all, all depressed people deal with suicidal thoughts, but some do. Um, they have strange eating habits. This is interesting. People with depression may not be able to eat as much or at all when they're at their worst. See, I'm actually... Um, oh, and then it says, that being said, some of, some of them may eat more at their worst. So I actually don't eat anything. Um, when I lost my badge and my gun at the police department, I couldn't eat for several days straight. I mean, I, it took, it took so much just to get a piece of toast down. And I think I lost 20 pounds roughly, and I did not have 20 pounds to lose. This next one, number seven, they have abnormal sleeping habits. Uh, people with depression will often sleep for what seems like, or may literally be days uh, sl sleep at times can be impossible and other times it can be the only thing left a person can do. When a person is depressed, they're dealing with a state of helplessness that will rock their world. Um, number eight, they have abandonment issues. Usually if you've dealt with any abandonment, then you should know how terrible it can be. When someone walks out of your life, it can be devastating. Um, but this impacts those with depression much more than other people. It causes them to be more and more secretive about their feelings and creates a fear within them of being abandoned by their loved ones. 
um, number nine, they are professionals at coming up with cover-up stories. This is funny. Not funny. Uh, this is not funny. <laughs> they are able to keep up with believable, elaborate excuses for things that they're going through. Like if they skip an appointment or don't return calls for the day, they can easily change the subject when things that come up and turn attention away from their pain. Number 10, they might have habitual remedies. There are several different lifestyle changes a person can make in attempt to ease their minds. For instance, people may do things like exercise, listen to music, <laughs> co-walking, and so forth. I love music. Um, music actually pulled me out of a really, really deep depression when I came home from my mission early uh, for my church, which is something that you just don't do. Um, but I came home early because of this, because of depression, and because I couldn't even function as a human. And and it was it was one of the, probably one of the worst times of of my life at that point. I've had I've had now three pretty bad ones. They are always making efforts to seem happy. Uh, people suffering from depression learn to fake moods. They will often come come off as happy and normal on the outside. When they let their inner self struggle appear on the outside, they feel as they are bringing others down. Um, that's interesting. When they let their inner struggles appear on the outside, they feel as if they are bringing others down. Number 12, they seek love and acceptance. People with hidden depression are not hiding their depression because they want to be dishonest. They are just working to protect their hearts. These people want to be loved and accepted just like everyone else. Number 13, they have trouble shutting off their brains. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I laugh just because um, my brain doesn't shut off. Like, there's no such thing. Like, there's times I have to take sleeping medication just to stop thinking. Um, but it's like, as soon as I go to bed, then when I'm dreaming, I'll pop pop up in the middle of the night still thinking. Um, there's It's constant. Uh, Pete. These people process everything going on in their lives at a fast speed. They overanalyze the good and the bad, making everything impact them much deeper. Their brains are like sponges absorbing everything that comes their way. Have you ever seen that uh, Superman, uh, Man of Steel, when when he, Clark, as like a little kid, um, this is the newer one, by the way, like the really good one, where there's a lot of symbolism, but uh, Clark Kent, when he's a little kid, He's in the class and the teacher's like, Clark, Clark. And he's like looking around and he can like see their skeletons because he's like, he's realizing he has all these powers, right? But it's coming, it's, it's processing so fast that he can't even function. And I, I sometimes feel like that. Like when I watch that movie, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I feel, I feel like that uh, sometimes. Um, let's see. They hurt when other people hurt. And then number 15, they always think of worst case scenarios. Um, and maybe, maybe that's someone with depression shouldn't be a cop for eight years because then you're, then you're forced to look at worst case scenarios. Um, it says, while this is very stressful, it can be beneficial from time to time. High intelligence seems to be linked with depression. They're able to respond to anything that comes their way. Um, wow. So... So if you can notice anything in your in yourself or somebody else, um, just keep your eye out for it. It's real. We'll be back in a minute.
Welcome back to the American Mutso Show. I am your host, Eric Mutsos. Um, if you want to remember that, just think boots, but moots. All right, buddy. Um, okay, so I think I think it's okay to not always be okay. This last segment, we talked about depression. A lot of people don't even want to talk about these issues because they think, oh, well, something's wrong with him. But the point is, I, I believe there's something wrong with most of us. Like, I, I believe most of us have a lot of silent struggles that we don't even know how to deal with. And, and it's okay to talk about it. Like, I have no problem talking about my depression or anxiety because it's just kind of been a part of me. And the, it seems like the more I talk about it, uh, people will relate and they're like, oh my gosh, I, I deal with that same thing. And so I think it's okay to not always be okay. And it's okay to admit it. You know, if somebody asks you, how are you today? And your response is, you know, not too good. I've been better. <laughs> Even if they don't know how to respond to your honesty, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I believe accepting the reality that sometimes not being okay is a part of life and that we all struggle. It can be powerful. Um, also it can be the, the fastest way or the quickest way out of the very struggle that we pretend we aren't in dealing with it head on and, and admitting it. Um, I think that can be, I, I really do. I think it be, can be powerful. If you have anything to say on the subject, um, or any other subject you want to ask me, uh, send me an email, American at gmail.com American at gmail.com. If you want it to remain anonymous, doesn't matter what email you send. Um, just ask a question and I'll answer it. Okay, we're going to go to things I love, things that bug. And you know what? It's okay that if I, some of the things that I love, I say it over and over and over. <laughs> because um, I don't love, love, love a ton of things. <laughs> and a lot of things don't necessarily bug me either. So... But one thing that does bug is dogs in airports. Dogs everywhere, really. Like, I, I, this have, I, I might have already used this as things that bug. But w when we went to the airport, um, we went to Florida this last couple of weeks, and there were, there were so many dogs. I, I couldn't even believe it. And so this is like the thing now. People bring their dogs onto the, onto the airplane, um, really weird to me. Um, just, just because you slap a little vest on your dog and granted, there are a couple instances where I do believe there's a medical something going on, like when you're blind. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe I'm going to get humbled with this. Maybe there's going to come a point where I can't go anywhere without a dog. And then I'll come back on the show and say, you know, I, I was wrong, but I don't understand. Um, I don't. You know, there was a, I went to a wedding, I think it was last year sometime. And this, they, they, they had the dog as the ring bearer. And, and I remember just thinking like, how have we come to this? It's almost like we we worship animals more than, than, than children. And we shouldn't be worshiping children. But if I go to the park, there are certain parks where if you have your animal, the people will come to your animal and, oh my gosh, and go crazy over your dog. And then your kids are like sitting there like the cutest little th kids. They don't even get noticed. That's what's happening right now. 
Like we, we truly worship animals and, and we, and we discredit our children. It's really weird, you know? And so they're not being trained like these dogs in airports and restaurants. Oh, what I was, okay. So let me go back to, to this wedding. So this dog was the, was the ring bearer, but then there was another dog at the wedding. So there was two dogs at the wedding and this other dog was going through this really, really nice line. And when I say the nice, I mean like fancy plates, fan, everything was really fancy, but then there's this just massive, like furry, dirty animal, huge. And it got spooked and it jumped back and it hit this, you know, kind of shelf thing and all the glass fell down everywhere and shattered everywhere. And I remember just thinking, what do you expect? What did you expect was going to happen? Anyway, things that bug, that's one of them. All right. Things that love. I'm going to try doing a song really quick. Uh, hopefully you'll like it. Um, I'm just going to do a couple of verses, maybe just verse chorus of this song, but um, really love the song. I hope you like it. It is called, I'll praise you in this storm. <clears throat> God who gives and takes away. 
Okay, so I'm going to read, I want to read this part. So, I lift my eyes into the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I'm convinced that, that that's where the, in order to receive that help, we have to reach out. We have to reach out to him and we have to give of our will. Like I've been studying that and I don't, I wish I understood it. You know, you hear like just surrender, surrender. Um, that's one of my biggest challenges. Like, so here's a quote by Neil Maxwell. He said, the submission of one's will is really the only uniquely personal thing we have to place on God's altar. It's a hard doctrine, but it's true. The many other things we give to God, however nice they may be of us, are actually things he has already given to us and he has loaned us them. But when we begin to submit ourselves by letting our wills be swallowed up in God's will, then we are really giving something to him. Wow, that's powerful. The submission of one's will is really the only uniquely personal thing we have to place on God's altar. And I and it means so much more when Jesus said not my will, nevertheless, my will, but thine be done. That's the answer. And my goodness, it's going to take me a long time. We'll be back in a minute for the last segment. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit Ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Most people in today's economy are taking a roller coaster ride with their investments. With Vantage Point Software, you can remove that dynamic from your investment strategy once and for all. Vantage Point has spent the last three decades perfecting an artificial intelligence process that you can put to use today to take advantage of market fluctuations and make money no matter which way the market moves. Vantage Point Software analyzes massive quantities of 
data all around the world in seconds, so you get the information you need to make the right decisions to optimize your profits. Vantage Point is making its exclusive market forecast process available to you for free when you text money to 411411. That's M-O-N-E-Y to 411411. We'll send you a link to your free market forecast so you take back control of your financial future. Text money to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I was between jobs, and we had over $64,000 in credit card debt. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. Working with Trinity was extremely easy. They really guided us into the program and gave us hope. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. My advice to people in a similar situation is to pick up the phone and call and get out of debt. The freedom from that is priceless. Let Trinity help make it better. Don't feel that you have to suffer alone or try to figure out the answer. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. At Walgreens, we know that your day doesn't stop for diabetes. So when you've got places to go and people to see, count on Walgreens every day to get expert diabetes advice 24-7. Find all major brands of testing supplies like Walgreens True Metrics in-store and online. And download tools to help you stay on track, like our five-star mobile app with Pill Reminder. At Walgreens, we are your diabetes go-to. Stop by and talk to your pharmacist today. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Welcome back to the American Mutso Show. I'm your host, Eric Mutsos. Okay, so I came across this this Wall Street Journal opinion piece, and it is uh, by a man named Jason Riley, and it's titled "The Race Card Has Gone Bust." America has never been fairer or more integrated, yet politicians obsess over wiping out discrimination. So the whole the whole point is that. Anytime politicians are using this discrimination, there's never going to come a time where all things are equal all the time. Now, opportunities should be equal, but 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 you can't just level the playing fields, especially when we're pushing this the whole race thing, especially in 2019. Um, so he goes on. And he says that the declining significance of race, the sociologist argued. So this is a man named Julie, uh, William Wilson in 1978. He said the declining significance of race. The sociologist argues that racial discrimination was no longer the biggest barrier to black economic advancement. This was in 1978. So three years before I was born, 41 years later, Mr. Wilson is still right. And the political left is in, is still in denial. I mean, what what's happening and if and if you remember the Jesse Smollett case um there is not enough supply of racism to meet the demand and so what happens is people are starting to make stuff up um you've seen it with you know these i can't remember which couple it was they got caught burning i think it was the lgbt flag they themselves burnt it 
and they got caught doing that because nobody was actually going around burning these flags. Jesse Smollett, he had to make up that, you know, he got, you know, beat in this alley, but he actually paid two people to do it. And then he tried to say they were wearing these make America great, you know, hats, make America great again, hats, um, complete liar. So, so again, there's too much supply and not enough, or excuse me, there's too much demand and not enough supply. So people have to make these things up. And so he goes on accusations of white racism are all the, are all the rage in Washington these days. If you oppose school busing, you're racist. If you want immigration laws enforced, you're racist. If you're against slavery reparations, and that's where basically now, now politicians are wanting to pay back ancestors of people that might have been slaves. They're wanting to give money from the federal government to these people um, that are black reparations. Um, if you're against that, you're racist or supporting adding a citizenship question to the census or criticize minority members of com Congress, you're racist. And so the point is, I mean, anytime you criticize President Obama, you're racist. And so how did we, how do we get to a point in our country where they say that the ra racism it has never been so bad, but yet we elected a black president? Ex explain that to me. Um, because you can't. And so I'm going to play this short clip. I'm going to play two clips. The first one is by Condoleezza Rice on, on race. And it's really funny because I couldn't find this on YouTube. When I typed in Condoleezza Rice on race, YouTube completely scratched this. So I had to dig for this. But um, they're, they're interviewing her on NBC News, and she just punks him. I love it. So listen here. Hopefully you'll like this. People who will say it feels worse now when we're talking about race or well, it just feels like a divisive it, look, environment. It, it sure doesn't feel worse than when I grew up in Jim Crow, Alabama. Okay, so let's drop this notion that we're worse in race relations today than we were in the past, really. That means we've made no progress, really. And so um, I think the hyperbole about how much worse it is isn't doing us any good. We still have, well, this country is never going to be colorblind. We had the initial original sin of slavery. It's still with us. So for people who say, you know what, it's top down. It starts with the president. It starts with the words uh, oh, that he speaks. Oh, come on. All right. Um, I would be the first to say we need to watch our language about race. We need to watch that we don't use dog whistles to people who... But when we start saying, oh, you know, it's, it's worse today. No, they're not. I absolutely love that. So those of you who don't know who Condoleezza Rice is, um, she was born in 54. She's an American political scientist and diplomat. She served as the 66th United States Secretary of State. Okay, so we have a black woman serving as the 66th United States Secretary of State. Explain how we are racist, because what what I see is is actually the the, the opposite, actually. Um and I might have told this story already, but when I was in eighth grade, either eighth or ninth grade, I tried to join what was called the Mesa Club. And what that was, was a, a class or excuse me, you know, those clubs after school. It, it was to get you paid for your grades. And I have the best grades, but I remember I think, oh, well, I, I want to get paid actual money. And so I went to join the Mesa Club and 
I think his name was Mr. Wong, W-O-N-G. I can't remember. But I couldn't join. I couldn't join the club. Why? Because I was a white male. So, so girls, any girl, and any minority male could join the club. But a white male could not join. Um, excuse me? And I remember feeling it. I remember thinking like, I remember it it was an actual, it it was, it was awful. It was an awful feeling that I had. And I remember thinking, this is not right. Um, And that was in eighth grade. So I was, let's see, 14, 13, 14 years old. Um, I'm 37 now. So do the math on that since I can't do math and I wouldn't have, you know, been able to get paid anyway. Um, But I love that Condoleezza Rice said this. So let's take another clip really quick. I want you to hear how powerful this is. So here's a clip from Ben Shapiro. If you, if you don't follow Ben Shapiro, it's an absolute must, the Daily Wire. But he's asked about race. He's on a panel with uh, mostly black people. Most of the audience is black. He gets ridiculed. But just listen to how common sense this exchange is. I uh, hope you like it. The more outraged you are and the more angry you are, the more justified you must be is absolute nonsense. How can you argue that racism is not a driving factor in income inequality? Because it has nothing to do with race and everything to do with culture. And when you have a culture that doesn't... And when... And when... You know what? Explain to me. You explain to me why black kids aren't graduating high school. Explain that one to me. Explain to me why black kids are shooting each other in rates significantly higher than whites are shooting each other. Explain to me why 13% of the population is responsible for 50% of the murder. Explain to me why why the number of blacks and black kids in prison, not for innocent reasons, not for walking down the street and getting pulled into a prison, is so high. Explain If it has nothing to do with culture, explain to me why the single motherhood rate in the black community jumped from 20% to 70% in the same course of time that the civil rights movement has made such tremendous strides. Is America more racist now than it was in 1960? And if it is, please explain to me how that happened. And then, and then the people on the panel, they didn't even know how to respond. They basically just sat there. Nobody could nobody could articulate why, because everything that he said was true. Um, and so what's happening is that the family is breaking down. That That's what's happening. And more so in the black community. And and did you know that a lot of government programs, well, most government programs, they actually it benefits people to not be married. I have a friend who didn't get married to his now wife, but for many, many years, because he and she were both getting government subsidies for being single. And so the government will give based on how many children you have. So there's people in the black community, well, in a lot of communities, they will actually have up to X amount of kids so they can get that subsidy from the government. It's one of the most disturbing things the government has done. They think that it's helping, but it's actually... Our, our society is going backwards and it, I'm telling you, it's a huge problem. And so racism does not exist. Now, sure, there are some racists. Um, when I was an officer, sure, I'm sure there were some racist officers. I never heard about it in eight years. I never heard that. I never heard anybody, you know, say anything like that, any, any kind of racial slur, um, even back behind the scene uh, conversations, I just never did. If anything, it was people just making fun of their own, their own race, just out of fun, right? It was themselves. 
So the point that I'm trying to make is that it's racism is not what the mainstream media at all. We are not. We are. We are the most accepting, integrated society in the world, uh, the United States of America, and that's the truth. And anyone who tells you different is not telling you the truth, or they just they just don't know, because we we have we are going backwards now because of this. Thank you so much for listening to the American Mutos Show. I'm your host, Eric Mutos. If you have any questions, comments, concerns. Send me an email, americanmutsos at gmail.com, americanmutsos at gmail.com. God bless and make it a great day.